And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. And he came right back out, didn't miss a play, ran for a touchdown, and in fact ran all over the place. Yeah. Third down with 45 seconds left to go. Win number one is right there. Mayfield takes a knee, and there it is. 35 seconds left, that's it. It's all over today. A hard-fought win for the Browns. Kevin Stefanski over to shake hands with David Culley. The head coach of the Texans. What a tough fight, Doug. Yeah, they, I tell you what, the Texans, they, you know, a lot of people didn't know how many games they were going to win, being one or two this year, but they, the way they played today, they're going to win a lot more. Yeah, they have a lot of veterans that know how to play the game. Final score today, the Browns win it. And a good time was had by all. The Browns 31 and the Texans 21. and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the feeling dangerous podcast i am zach defranco alongside me are peter nab and jack robinson boys how you guys doing tonight i'm doing pretty good how you doing i'm doing good doing good boys uh, another good week for the browns uh kind of you know got off of that uh, bad start at kansas city and bounced back of course, this episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast is brought to you by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years. Be sure to call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224 for your free consultation. Again, that is 440-226-6224. Boys, the Browns won. We are 1-1. One one. We went into week, week two and uh, pulled out the W against the Houston Texans 31-21. to So let's get you guys' thoughts on the game before we get into this well uh one takeaway i have from the game as i was uh as i was there at the game our def i mean don't get me wrong i'm very happy for the win but our defense has a lot left to be a lot left to be desired Mm -hmm. our defense left a lot on the table and that defense i'm sorry to say is not going to get us to where we want to be if it doesn't improve and it's shocking because i mean we have every weapon that we were lacking last year and it's just it just looks like we're kind of go out there we're just playing we're playing soft we're not letting you know greg newsom play man denzel ward play man we're playing a very soft defense out there mm-hmm. i know jack this has been your thing for the last two years now on this show man so go ahead well well i i wanted to save it a little bit for later but we can kind of push it forward uh i yeah. I, I feel like this game was the the perfect example for everything that we talked about last episode. Joe Woods is incapable of adapting to opposing offenses' schemes. He's just not capable of doing it for some reason. I don't know whether he just refuses to do it or if it's just something to do with the fact that he came from San, uh, from San Francisco. I'm not really sure because when you have Tyrod Taylor out there, and you're letting him run around the field like he's uh, like he's Lamar Jackson, and all of a sudden he goes out in the second half, and you have Davis Mills, a rookie who did barely played any college football. I never even heard uh, of him until Sunday. barely played any college football. This is like his first actual NFL snap, and you're letting him sit back there and pad the football. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, the dude was looking like a, like an all pro back there. I mean, the dude was basically given all time to throw, and you give him all time to throw. Brandon Cooks is gonna get open because you're playing soft zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. it, it's it's very confusing. Everyone in the stadium, you could just feel uh, like that they were just on edge every time we were about to get a big third down stop. I mean, that third and thirteen where he just dumps it off to a to like a, a line to a running back and they get a 14 yard run on it yeah, I mean, that, that that was just an absolute backbreaker and this is just again this isn't something that the browns can sustainably continue to allow to happen every single game especially against you know a rookie quarterback no absolutely not i completely agree with you and it just seemed like you know watching the game from home alone early on it's just the fans went from being you know the loudest we've had in two years to it just got very quiet in there yeah, I know. Jack, were you at the game on Sunday as well? Yeah, I was. Yeah, so I want to know how your guys' experience for being in the stadium. How, how did that feel, you know, when, when the Texans were up 14-7? to 7, It just seemed like no momentum was on our side. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say also that when when Baker, when Baker you know, got hit and, and, and went off, it did not feel good in that stadium for a yeah, while. When, that's another thing, yeah. When, when, Baker, when, when Baker went off. But, no, it was, it was definitely – it was definitely a shock to the system for First Energy Stadium because I think a lot of Browns fans, quite frankly, were expecting maybe a 35-10 to 10 game or something like that. And, yeah, I mean, and, I know we were, we were very big favorites going into this week. Yeah, and I, and I, think, and I think this is just a, a reminder to Browns fans that, you know, any given Sunday, you know, you got to play – 60 minutes of solid football or else you can get beat by basically anyone so uh you know it's um it's it's good to be in this position where we're you know a good enough team to be favored by that much at home but you Mm -hmm. still gotta you still gotta go out and produce and and the browns the browns the browns defense uh for the most part forgot to show up and and the browns almost um the Browns almost uh, paid dearly for that. I, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think if Tyrod Taylor was was in there in the second half, you know, we might be looking at a completely different outcome here. So, yeah, so we got I, Tyrod Taylor was looking like a star quarterback, like something that we, I mean, we wanted to see in Cleveland for a little bit, and he showed glimpses, of course. But ten for eleven, he threw for like ninety percent uh, until he went out. So honestly, I, do you do you guys think the Browns got lucky losing Tyrod Taylor? Uh, honestly, I do because I think yeah. the thing is is that Tyrod Taylor brings a lot with his legs. Like even though obviously he's not at like the most mobile quarterback, he's at least mobile enough that he's able to you know juke defenders. And if you give him open field, which you know Frank Joe Woods is is you know pretty adept at doing, is giving open uh, swaths of the field to uh, to opposing quarterbacks, um, he's going to take advantage. And, I mean, we saw that with that rushing touchdown, which uh, actually eventually did lead to him, you know, hurting his hamstring. But, I mean, yeah, I, there's a good chance that if if Tyrod Taylor didn't get hurt, this is an 0 we're an 0-2 football team after, after two weeks. Yeah, that is just insane to think about because it looked like, and I know I saw Jake Burns of the OBR say this on Twitter, it looked like the Browns came out and just played bored. So, I mean, he, he didn't say it in a bad way per se. He actually said that, you know, it looked like they just kind of went through the motions and still won the way we won. Mm-hmm. But I just really feel like if Tyrod stays in that game and he's healthy, I mean, we could have still won the game. Don't get me wrong. We're a better team. But 
it just seemed like Tyrod had a lot of momentum on his side, and he he was he was playing with revenge on his mind for when the Browns benched him. And, and, and I think that this is honestly this could be considered a pretty damning defensive outing for for the Browns, and I think that this is going to be one of those games that we look back on and we say, how have we improved past this point? Because because mm-hmm. going into this, and I think actually after the game, the PFF uh, ranked the Browns as the 11th total defense and 15th in yards allowed. And I mean, really, we have, I don't know if you could really say that we're the 11th, considering that I don't know if we've really improved all that much from last year, where we were in like the mid-20s. And I, and yeah. really, I just got to ask you guys, who on this defense do we really need to see step up and make a difference in these games? Because, I mean, I didn't hear any word about Miles. I didn't hear any words about Jadeveon. Who really needs to make an impact? I think Joe Woods needs to make an impact and better. <laughs> I, I, I would I do. I would agree with that. Um, Joe but, Woods has all the weapons he needed last year. There is no excuse. I'm going to say that every week until I see a difference in schemes. It just baffled. It just baffled my mind that the Browns weren't able to get, you know, weren't able to place a lot of pressure on the te- on the Texans and make them make them uncomfortable. I mean, I, I got tired of seeing. First of all, it looked like it looked like every single play they were playing like 20 yards off. You know, yeah, like we were playing five to six yards off. Like I mean, it, it literally at times looked like um, you know uh, offensive practice. You know, just kind of uh, toss and catch, mm-hmm. and it was uh, and it was it was certainly painful. Uh, it was certainly pa- uh, painful to watch. I mean, I think the the, Bra- the Browns have to get some pressure on the quarterback and 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 force the quarterback to make. Some, you know, make some early throws and bad decisions, and a hundred percent agree. I mean, they they just they just made made the Texans look way too comfortable, you know, uh, and and the Texans were able to for uh, for a de- not not a decent chunk, but for some of the game they were able to take the crowd out of it a little bit because I mean the crowd I think was stunned by the lack of defense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just it's just shocking. Like obviously, look what happens when you do blitz a player like Delpit, who we're going to get to had a great, you know, first NFL game. But when you blitz players like that, that are weapons for you, even Troy Hill, I believe, had a play. It's you know you can do it, and that's the kind of weapons you have and the, what you needed for your type of defense, and that's all what we expected. And it's like he only showed it like in the fourth quarter. It seemed like. Well, I mean, it's especially concerning because it's a rookie quarterback. Like, that's the kind of thing that you want yeah, to do is blitz them. And, and, I mean, yeah, just talking about Grand Delpit, he had a great showing. I mean, he recorded a strip sack. Uh, he was great in coverage. And, heck, even Mac had a really good game. He was, like, I think mm-hmm. at some, I think it was the fourth uh, best defensive player on PFF this week. Um, I mean, like, we have guys who are capable of, of making a difference. We just need Joe Woods to, again, like you were saying, you know, maybe – on a safety blitz, on a cornerback blitz. I was even saying, like, pointing out that we were rushing for the majority of the game for against a rookie quarterback, and I was just confused. Yeah. And the second I even mentioned it, they they you know they blitz with Delta, and he gets a strip sack, and I'm just like, well, why weren't we doing this the whole time then? Why did mm-hmm. we wait until the fourth quarter to utilize all of this defensive weapon? It really is just a big question mark concerning the defense. Yeah, and it's not even just Delphi that we can send back there on blitzes. We could send Troy Hill out of the slot to go blitz. We could send John Johnson to go blitz. We could send Ronnie Harrison to go blitz. We have so many choices. JOK, Sione Takitaki's looking fast and playing downhill. 
I, I just don't get what the excuse is right now for Joe Woods and why he's playing so soft and so basic. Is he, like, hiding something for later on, or do you think he's just scared to use these weapons? I'm not really sure. I, 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 it might, I, I've heard some people say something about it being a part of some San Francisco scheme where they know that our offense is good enough, so they just don't think that it's necessary to really go all out with their defensive scheme because they know that their defense is at least good enough to hold you back from scoring enough points to beat our really good offense. Yeah, Joe Wood said something to that effect. Oh, look, all you need to do is is keep is keep is allow the other team to score one less point than you know to score one less point than you do. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I mean, a great mentality. I mean, it's mean, true, it's but not very but <laughs> it's true, but it's not very aggr- aggressive or you know, uh, and and so I and so. You know, not. I mean, not to not to be too down after you know after after a win after a first yeah, one of the season. About but yeah. but but yeah. I mean, and and while we're on the negatives, before we get to before we get to some of the positives, while we're on the negatives, the big news on the offensive side of the ball: Jarvis Landry going out. Yeah. How do you think this affects the uh, the receivers moving forward? Do you think? We, I mean, do you think we're going to see? For example, a guy like Davian Davis, who we had on this show, be a, a, a key role moving forward, or what do you think? Um, honestly, Davion Davis, he was cut at first. They brought him back onto the practice squad today, though. He could have a chance of getting to the 53, but I think what I'm hearing out of right now is uh, OBJ will be making his return week three, which is kind of you know perfect timing for the Browns because we would have been down two of our big targets on the wide receiver side of the ball. But, I mean, obviously we got DPJ. Anthony Schwartz is still learning, but he's, you know, he had a little setback this week. But, I, yeah, I, th- I think if OBJ comes back, we're fine. If not, we need to we need to find someone to kind of fill a, another hole with the loss of Landry. Well, I think the thing is is that we actually saw a lot of maybe what our scheme could look like going forward, at least for these next two to four weeks, as uh, Jarvis kind of goes through his uh, recovery from this explained MCL. I mean, a lot of uh, tight end screens, a lot of running back Mm -hmm. screens. I mean, Baker had targeted his tight ends 12 times, and he only, you know, had 19 completions this game. This could likely be just the trend that we see going forward is just the use of these tight ends that we have there. They're all talented. They're all extremely well-versed with Baker. And obviously, uh, Kevin Stefanski loves using them. So I think, you know, even if OBJ is back, I think that we might still be seeing a lot of, you know, just just utilizing the short fields, utilizing these these tight ends, especially if there's any chance that the injury to Baker uh, could possibly limit his ability to throw the deep ball to OBJ. I think that's what we kind of see. That's one thing Stefanski is very good at is, you know, adjusting and game planning. So I feel like on the offense side of the ball, he noticed like Baker is having trouble throwing it downfield, even if it's like 20, 25 yards. So he did those screen plays. And obviously we saw Demetri Felton be able to come out and make a play. He mm-hmm. could also fill a very big gap with the loss of Jarvis Landry. How do you guys feel about Demetri Felton? I think he, I think he could be a really great weapon because I, I you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying uh, that 
should he be used as a, as a running back? Should he be used as a wide receiver? I think that we could have him in like the backfield. We should like run two backfield sets, have him go out as a receiver, really mm-hmm. mess with the defense because his he's just so multifaceted in his game. I mean, the fact that he runs back punts, he runs back kicks, he can run, he can catch out of the backfield, he can you know run routes and actually like be a threat. And obviously, we saw like his footwork and his ability to evade tackling is just is really good for someone who a lot of people didn't really see even, you know, making the team uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, I think that that he could easily be a weapon for this team. He's going. I think he'll continue to see uh, high usage until Landry gets back. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that either him or you know, obviously one of our other three uh, wide receivers that we that we have behind OBJ. I, I think either one of those guys have a really good chance of really making an impact. Yeah, and I will say I would I would love to have seen some Kadero Hodge mm-hmm. in this kind of in this kind of moment, but you know he can't predict injuries in the NFL. And the next man up, let's talk about Baker Mayfield, boys. How do you guys feel about this game? Nineteen of twenty-one, as Jack mentioned earlier, two hundred and thirteen yards, a touchdown, ninety point five completion percentage, and a one hundred and fourteen point eight QBR. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Yeah, and he definitely has been the last two weeks. 40 of 49 through two weeks. Leads the league in completion percentage and a second in completions. Right now, pay him. Pay, pay the guy, right? That's what you got to do. I think a lot of people are going to try to discredit it because obviously he has two interceptions. And he had another one on Sunday. Um, but I, I, I just don't see how you could possibly try to diminish his performance. I mean, the guy has done nothing but perform, like, basically to the letter of what you want a good quarterback to do for your team. He's not mm-hmm. making any crucial mistakes. He's not uh, putting himself or putting the team in bad situations. He is running this offense to perfection. I mean, I'm pretty sure that we are, we've only really had to kick field goals when we get to the red zone, like, two times, This like, in the last two games. I mean, that's yeah. incredibly efficient we are the one of the most efficient red team uh red, red zone offenses in the league and the people and we're going to talk about it a, a little later um but uh, you know even the interception on sunday wasn't entirely the fault of baker obviously uh you know he, he's the one who throws the ball so he's going to take some credit for it but uh you know th- th- there there's some fault that lies on the receiver um and so honestly i i mean i I'm not going to say that like he deserves, you know, max, max money just from these two performances, because obviously these two performances weren't, you know, elite elites. They, they weren't anything like like crazy. But I think that these are well higher than anyone could say is like like bottom of the barrel, bad quarterback play. This is great quarterback play that has the ability to go even higher. But obviously a lot of his yardage and completion. Uh, were were hampered by the fact that he lost one of his best offensive weapons, and we still haven't seen OBJ suit up for a game this year. Yeah, and 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 let's not forget that Baker Mayfield, you know, ran off the field, ran into the medical tent, and then ran back out, and uh, you and know, then pancaked uh, Money Mitch, and, <laughs> and got the with team, one arm, and got the team, you know, and got the team the win. So that is a major, a major statement in terms of being able to. You know, go off the field kind of gingerly like that, and then mm-hmm. be able to return and and finish the game off with a win like that. That oh, was yeah. that was obviously that was obviously huge. And I mean, I I, I was I, I felt sick to my stomach when I saw Baker Mayfield going off the field, you know going off the field like that. Oh yeah, thought, you, you could have heard a, heard a pin drop in the stadium when that happened. 
Uh, and I mean, just the fact that he was able to, I mean, the fact that he made the tackle, I love it, but I, I hope that he decides not to do that again <laughs> in the future. Um, and, uh, but just the fact that he was able to, you know, pop his shoulder back in and get right back on the field that really just you know I, I don't know how anyone in Cleveland could hate this guy after after a gutsy performance like that Baker that was a dangerous play and not yeah, in a good way a and, that, a and not in a good way <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I did not like seeing him do that yeah I, I thought I thought we lost our season right there mm-hmm. now, now yeah. kind of on the topic of what we were talking about earlier um the, the wide receiver that I was specifically talking about was uh, obviously rookie wide receiver Anthony Schwartz. Mm-hmm. And the, the, uh, we, we saw the same kind of thing happen in the game against Kansas City. Of course, he had a really good outing in Kansas City. Um, but the thing is, is that on in this game, he only really got, I think it was like two targets. And one of them was that target over the middle where it looked like Anthony Schwartz almost let up on his route, which allowed the, the the defensive player to intercept the ball um yep. d- do you guys think that this is a concern because i mean after that i don't think he really got any sort of usage in the offense d- do you think that there could possibly be an issue with anthony schwartz just you know still getting used to the nfl and whether or not that could like in, I, like damage the trust he has with baker i think he i don't know i don't think he's gonna damage the trust with baker i think baker if baker had the Opportunity, I think Baker is still going to sling it to him. I think the injury has an effect in that, though, too. But I will say, I think Anthony Schwartz, is, he's still getting used to his role in this offense. I think Baker can trust him to be open, but I don't think Anthony Schwartz trusts Baker to throw him the ball right now. I don't think he's expecting the ball because in week one, he did it, too. He gave up on a route where it could have been a touchdown. And now this week, last week, same thing. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like Anthony Schwartz just needs to get used to his role in the offense. And I will, I do want to mention this. I have not seen Stefanski yell at a player like that before. After yeah. that play, he he did not look happy. Very animated with Anthony Schwartz after him giving up on that route, which, you know, causes that turnover. And yeah. it almost caused you your franchise quarterback. And so. Yeah, yeah, there were some, there were some very, some. Some moments in that game that made you go, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make me feel good, you know. So, mm-hmm. but overall, big picture, it's a it's a it's a ten point win at home to start the season, and you know, um, and obvi- and obviously, the Browns won't be able to win many games playing the way that you know playing the way that they played, um, you know, on Sunday. A win is a win is a win is a win, and uh, yeah. between learning from a loss yeah. and learning from a win, you always want to learn from a win. That's I'm pretty sure that's what Stefanski said after the game, and honestly, that's kind of the way that we all have to look at it. Obviously, um, th- this game was ugly, but if we're being honest, the old Browns would have lost this game, and we'd all have mm-hmm. to come back here and say this. But look, we're a good team. We made a bunch of mistakes, and we still won by ten. So we can come yeah. out of this, and obviously there's stuff we can learn from. There's stuff that all the, that the players can learn from, that the coaches can learn from. But we were still able to win this game, and now we have to get ready for Chicago next week. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to mention uh, just our running game a little bit here because our running game looks solid. It, it, it has and it will continue to look solid. But between Chubb and Hunt, only 24 carries. Usually, you know, you expect Chubb to get 24 carries alone in the game. So what do you think What do you think is going on with this Browns offense right now, Jack? How, how do you feel about this run game and the lack of carries thereof? Listen, th- this one game is 
elite. It is unstoppable. I don't know any defense right now that can really contain these this two-headed monster of Chubb and Hunt. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we already knew this. We knew that this was going to happen coming into the year. But I didn't think that it was possible that Chubb could actually get better. He It seems like hmm. every single year he gets better and better. What's he averaging in, in carry? Like eight yards per carry? Something 8. crazy? 8.6 I mean, or something I mean, like that? I mean, the guy is barely touching the ball and he's still averaging almost 100 yards per game. It's mm-hmm. it's not something that I can even really comment on because I don't think that I, that I need to justify anything that's happening. They're giving him carries and he's getting us yards and he's getting us scores and they're just like, well, okay, there you go. We don't need to really, we don't need to feed him the ball because our offensive uh, possessions don't really go on long enough for him to really need to get fed. Like, what, it's, what other running back in the league do you think is thirteen carries but almost gets a hundred yards? Uh, I mean, maybe Derrick Henry if he gets yeah. like a fifty-yard run in there. <laughs> it's just, it's insane. Like, if you give Ezekiel Elliott thirteen carries a game, one, he's gonna be pissed off about it, and two, you might not even get fifty yards out of him. I mean, it's just it's it's the consistency thing. Chubb is the most consistent, the most efficient. I mean, the guy just does his job, and I mean, you expect a touchdown out of him every game because he's just so explosive. And mm-hmm. Kareem is just such a great, you know, change of pace back. The way he's able to get in there for basically forty-five percent of the snaps and continue to just produce at an elite level as our second running back, you can't really ask for more. I, I, there's really no way I could ever complain about what Stefanski's doing because it works. To perfection. I would agree with you to a large extent. I, the one, the one thing I, the one thing I will say, and I know this is this is going back a bit, but, but the end of, the, but the, the the end of the Kansas City game, I'm still baffled by the fact that that we that we left with one timeout on the board. I know, I know that the odds of that the odds of someone fumbling while you know, while taking a knee, are not good. But I'm sorry, I I just I just don't think a coach can can leave the field with a timeout in the pocket, and especially when it's a one when it's a one possession game like that. So I'm not gonna. I'm so my point is, I mean, I think in general Stefanski's done a good job, but but there are, and I think this happens to a, a lot of coaches. I mean, we saw we saw this with we saw this with Houston. I mean. When they made that decision to punt, uh, you know, when they made that decision to punt in terms of Jeez, instead yeah, of was, instead of accepting the penalty, what was that? Instead of yeah, accepting that, that the penalty, questionable. Yeah, so so I think I think all NFL, I think Stefanski's a pretty darn good coach, but I think all coaches have kind of stumbled a little bit here in the early going, and we've seen our. We've seen some questionable, uh, you know, game management decisions. I think by mm-hmm. by many coaches. We saw that by Houston. Uh, we saw that by Houston this past week, and I think we saw that in Week One by uh, Coach Stefanski. Like, like I said, I think I think I think the odds of you know the odds of taking a knee, you know, the odds of losing the ball while you're snapping the ball, taking a knee, is very small. Very very small. But you don't want to leave with a timeout in your pocket when you're only down one score. You know you want to make them snap the ball. You mm. know, so so I, I think so. As far as coaching goes, I think 
I think we've we've seen some uh, mistakes on on, on both sides uh, from both the Browns' opponents and the Browns in the first two weeks. Now, Pete, yeah. I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say that's a nitpick, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I but uh, but I'm saying but I'm saying like I could understand if it wasn't a one possession game. No, I understand. But, I understand. But, I understand. I, I'm just saying that that it's but, very rare for 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 a, 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 a fumbled snap going for a kneel down, especially with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Pete, I do understand what you're saying. I so think is, a lot of coaches would have so used that the, final timeout still. So is the drive and the fumble. <clears throat> yeah. True. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Mic drop, Pete. Mic drop. Mic drop, Pete. Mic drop, Pete. And on that mic drop, let's preview week three against the Chicago Bears after this on the Feeling Dangerous podcast. September is National Window Replacement Month. As the weather gets colder, it's time to call Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson to get 20% off all window, patio, and entry doors. Zero money down, zero interest, and zero monthly payments for 12 months and an extra $250 off your entire project. Don't delay. Offer ends September 30th. Call Jack Scott today at 440 440- Two two six six two two four. That's four four zero two two six. 6224 and say the boys are feeling dangerous podcast sent you let's move on to week three we're gonna go to look at the browns versus the bears obviously it's going to be at 1 p.m at first energy stadium the browns are going to look to improve to two and one before they head on the road to minnesota the browns are coming in as seven point favorites and this is likely going to be the first start for justin fields um you know the bears are coming into this game 28th in points per game uh with only 17 points uh per game throughout the two weeks could this be a week that the browns defense steps up or do you guys think that fields is going to help the bears improve offensively gosh i want to say that the browns should just blitz this dude but i know that's not going to happen i don't know i feel like just i love justin fields i'm a huge justin fields fan i'm so happy he's getting the start against you know the browns in ohio Ohio state you know all that stuff you know all that big story is going to be happening i just i'm worried that he is going to be that dual threat that the browns can't stop that we're used to seeing Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like Justin Fields is just like he's just a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. So I feel like either way, if we, if if they play Andy, I feel like we're in a better position to win the game. I have but. a I have a I have a really bad feeling that Justin Fields is going to throw for five hundred and and run for <laughs> throw for five hundred and run for two hundred. I like uh, I just like I just my God. Seven hundred total yards. Just hand him the MVP. Holy crap! Start him in fantasy, folks. You heard it here, folks. Well, that, well, that's kind of one of the things that I was going to ask. Is like, do you think Fields is a better or a worse matchup for the Browns defense? Because if we just look at you know running quarterbacks against the Browns, our linebackers really haven't been able to contain them. I mean, obviously Tyrod Taylor. We saw Lamar Jackson last year, um, and, and I mean, even though Fields is a rookie. Is it like is it possible that he's just a bigger offensive threat than Andy Dalton? Even though Andy Dalton he is a veteran, is. he is in a bigger offensive threat. He's a dual quarterback, dual threat quarterback, and the Browns don't have film on him for a full game in an NFL uniform. Like we could watch film on Andy Dalton his whole career and go out there and game plan around it schematically, but when it comes to Justin Fields, we don't know how the Bears are really going to use him. I just think that I I have to see. Well, for, well, first of all, I saw what, and I know it's college versus professional but i mean we've all seen a little bit of what justin fields can do i don't have any faith in this browns defense right now i'm sorry (laughs) i i I, I, I don't i don't you know i I, I don't hold it against you i 
I don't. If you hold Justin Fields to 20, you know twenty-one points or less, I like or maybe even a little less than that. Then then I'll be then I'll be impressed. But right now, right now, I gotta I I gotta see something. I I gotta see something from this Browns defense and what I've seen from Justin Fields again. Obviously, at the college level, but I mean, I. I was exaggerating a little bit, but not much. <laughs> well, I mean, when we've I, seen it so many times where a dual-threat quarterback, the Browns just don't play well against quarterbacks that can, you know, are quick on their feet. So, I Justin Fields could really use that as an advantage. But if the Browns game plan schematically correctly, I really feel like the Browns can contain Justin Fields and rattle him early. And that's what you got to do with a rookie quarterback. Set, mm-hmm. Send the house on him here and there. Yeah, because if you can't get the ball to the wide receiver, anyways, what's it matter? And I hate to say this, because again, I'm 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 a Browns fan. I want to see their defense do well, but based on what I've seen from the defense, I I, I almost feel like the Browns are going to have to win this game by a final score of fifty-one to forty-nine or something. Like I, <laughs> like it could be, it could be another shootout. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. Don't, if I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the Browns really required it to go that far because, again, our one game is so good. And, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. going into this game, the Bears have been allowing 25.5 points per game, yep. and the Browns are averaging 30 points per game. So, really, this could be a really big game for the Browns' offense at home. Obviously, we've been scoring a lot, but this could even be we're scoring a good about more just because of the fact that we have all these weapons, and we could be possibly getting OBJ back. So, do you guys expect this to be Obviously, Pete, we already heard that you think it's a high-scoring game. So, Zach, do you think that this is going to be high-scoring? Or you're with, more with me that this is likely probably going to be more of a low-scoring, grinded-out kind of matchup? I, I think it's going to be in the middle there. I think it's going to be uh, – want to just do our score predictions now, then? Is that what we're going to do? I mean, that's kind of what we were go- what we were going to get into next. So, I mean – Yeah. Well, we already I, have I just, Pete's. I, I wouldn't – I. <laughs> If that's his final prediction, but uh, I, I was I, I was I, I was being a little sarcastic for the for the record. But. <laughs> oh man! So what do you think? But, like? I I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's even going to be close at the end of the day. I, I think the Browns are going to pull away with it. Well, well, I need numbers. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are doing the score predictions. Yes. Okay, I got Browns thirty-five, Bears seventeen. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm until I see something from this defense, I can't predict that the Browns are going to hold anyone to, you know, below 28 points at this point. I, I'm sorry. I'm staying optimistic, Pete. I love your optimism, but I also <laughs> but I also know what I've what I've seen what, what I've seen with my own two eyes. I'm going to go that the Browns are going to win this game. By a final score of thirty-five to thirty. That's okay. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's that that's totally you know reasonable. I, I I to be honest, I just don't really have that much faith in the, the Bears' offense. Even if you add in Justin Fields, I just don't know exactly how much his uh, skill set's going to translate immediately to the NFL level. And the Bears have you know obviously been struggling, and they didn't really play very well uh, the, uh, two weeks ago against the Rams. So I'm, I'm hoping to see our, our offense really kind of take control of the game. Uh, and, and I'm looking for a score of around 28 to 17. 
Uh, you know, this is going to be much closer. I think the Browns are, of course, just going to use the run game, take control of the game, really kind of limit uh, their ability to run the ball with David Montgomery. contain Allen Robinson, who's been contained the last two two weeks. Yeah. Hey, that's what um, I was going to get into, yeah. So, I mean, like, what are your guys' keys for no this confidence. game? I have no Stop their run game. Make make Justin Fields have to take over this game in his first start. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a major key to victory. The Browns' defense really needs to step up and stop the run game early and make Justin Fields throw 50 times this game. I agree with that. Make Justin Fields a, a quarterback and not a running back. On defense, the Browns need need to get consistent pressure. I mean, we, they they just they can't play this like ultimate prevent defense all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they they I can't, know. they they can't play prevent defense for 60 minutes and expect to win a ton of games in the NFL. So. Trust me, Pete, you're talking to the ultimate fire <laughs> Joe Woods season fan club operator here, okay? Oh, <laughs> Again, we are the Feeling Dangerous podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us that five-star review. Also, big news, boys, we are now on iHeartRadio, thanks to our producer, Peter Nab, got us on iHeartRadio. This episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast was presented by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. Be sure to call Jack today at 440-226-6224. Again, that is 440-226-6224 for your free consultation. For Jack Robinson, Peter Nabb, and myself, we are the Feeling Dangerous podcast, and we will talk to you all next week. Go Browns. Game audio in this episode, courtesy of the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Music copyright, high hopes, panic at the disco, instrumental. Copyright 2015 by Atlantic Records. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.